Hey everyone, welcome to another Artist Spotlight episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sira. And today we have Tom Nagovin from the short film Aurora. How you doing, Tom? Good. Thank you guys for having me on. Not a problem. We were really excited to talk to you and uh, hear more about the making of the movie. And uh, I kind of, I kind of just want to jump right in because we were like, I feel the like I'm I, fangirling already. <laughs> the second I. Uh, <laughs> The second we watched the trailer, I was like, I have so many questions, <laughs> and uh, we've oh, really just been looking forward so to, happy. to, uh, to getting on with you. But uh, So mainly what I wanted to ask was, uh, in your Kickstarter video, you say that you've been an art dealer for a long time, and this is your first film that you're directing. So uh, what I wanted to know was, what made you decide that you wanted to make a movie? Um, I've, I've always wanted... To I actually went uh, to college for film, but I only went for an hour. Uh, I went to the wrong class, <laughs> <clears throat> and then uh, I realized, like after I don't know half an hour, I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about, and I realized I was in a second year class instead of a first year. <laughs> and so then I stood up and I was like, uh, I'm in the wrong class, and everyone laughed. And I, uh, I just <clears throat> when I left and started to walk down the hall to the proper classroom I just really was thinking about it I was like god I really can't afford to do this and so I wound up uh, not ever going to film school but so it's it's been something that I've always always had a passion for um, I'm, I'm first and foremost a musician and to me uh, the way visuals can can create that kind of mood the way music can is just something I've always been a big fan of um and so, <clears throat> excuse me, I, uh, a couple years ago, I wound up doing a TED Talk on wax cylinder recordings, and that was me um, starting to get away from, you know, it's like you, you put your head down to work on some books or to get involved in, you know, just the, the day job life thing, and the next thing you know, it's, you know, 10 years later. And so the uh, wax cylinder recording stuff that I did was kind of the first step in me saying, you know, I want to figure out how to take all these really strange things that I've learned about and pull them into something uh, that I make. And so that's what happened then with the movie was uh, it was just kind of the next step of of me trying to uh take everything weird that I learned. I guess being an art dealer, as I'm saying this out loud, because I haven't said this stuff before, is I think that that was almost like my really long-term college. <clears throat> because instead of, um, you know, looking at a course that people put in front of me, I was really, really fortunate that I got tons of hands-on training by working with so many great artists and um handling things in museum collections and meeting interesting collectors and so i just i feel like it's like i'm just bursting with all of this information and education and uh, aurora was like me deciding uh, okay it's time to to do something strange with that that's awesome and i know um from watching the trailer it's really cool because you kind of blend like three different genres you have like the old like universal monster feel but you also have like an old western Definitely and sci-fi sci yeah and it was it's really cool <laughs> to see like a blend of those three because it's something that i've never seen before um did it always did you always have that vision for it or did it start out as something and kind of become that later on 
Um, it's, you know, something that <clears throat> is kind of a, a constant challenge in my life is, okay, I work on music. Okay. I write books. Okay. I do, you know, curation for art shows. I run this gallery. And so kind of being all over the board is, uh, I don't want to say it's a problem, but it's, it's a, like, so it's funny cause you say there's three different genres and I look at this and I think, God, this is so laser focused. But then when I hear you say it, I think, God, you know, you're right. It is. And, I think it's all this is, is a love letter to every, like I'm a dad now, I have a four-year-old son. <clears throat> and so this is a love letter to everything that I loved when I was young. It's all things that I still love, but I know that I love them because it was the stuff like when I was nine years old and I was in front of the TV and like Bonanza would come on or the Twilight Zone or, you know, the Universal Monsters stuff. Um, so that so to me, it's not that I'm seeing them as genres as much as it's a, a period in my life yeah. kind of pushed together. I could seriously just listen to you talk all day. You have such a nice voice. <laughs> I uh, I have no problem rambling, so that's why I'm trying to like. <laughs> I have a little timer set up here. You've been talking for five minutes. Stop. Oh, no, you're okay. Good. You're yeah. good. No, that's no, what, that's no, what we no, do these for. You're, you're awesome. No, we we. As long as you as you uh, as long as you're interested in talking to us, we're good with. That. <laughs> now, um, another thing I want to talk about and bring up is uh, when you had contacted us. The the subject was practical effects movie, and that instantly drew me in because we love practical we love practical effects. effects. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit because you actually had two members of the sci-fi show Face Off work on the creature for the movie, correct? Yes. And that how did correct. that come to be? I um, I'm from Chicago originally. And so Anthony Kosar is someone that just, um, you know, he's kind of part of the same social circle. I remember an artist friend of mine, Douglas Klauba, introducing me to him. Uh, and then just at the smaller comic shows, you know, the stuff that <clears throat> we kind of do in our in our fun nerd way. I just it's just someone over the years I just got to know. And then when I came out to L.A., he was just someone that I would run into from time to time. If I had opportunities to introduce him to people or situations, I would, because I'm just, you know, you miss your hometown when you're out here. So when I was working on this, he was the first person that I thought of. And he was busy with other projects. So as far as I got with him is we did have a phone call or two, uh, just like on concept ideas for creature stuff. Uh, so he definitely got the ball rolling. It was very, um, you know, interesting also just to talk to someone that makes practical effects because you get different perspectives on materials and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Race uh, as being the guy that would be great to do the build. And so then Race took it a lot farther and uh, built the creature for us. And that was... Um, I mean, he's like a mad scientist. He makes this stuff in his garage. So he would be sending me these photos that were like 
crime scene photos, but with <laughs> plaster and like rubber and fur and, uh, you know, armatures with, you know, him starting to build stuff. And for, I, I mean, obviously I knew how good he was, so I trusted him. But if I was coming into this cold and I was like, if I showed this to someone that knew nothing about what was going on, um, you would spend the first 90% of it being like, what are you making? <laughs> like, it just didn't look like anything. Like, it's like, he's got a big, you know, four pipes bolted together. And you're like, that is not anything. And then he starts to build the, cause the, the, there has to be a human being in there. That was the, probably the biggest challenge was how do you make this thing look like a bear <clears throat> that, that lumbers on all fours, but you know, you gotta be able to have a person in there. Uh, so that's why he had to build this structure and stuff like that. But, oh man, it was so cool. And my, uh, my inner 15 year old was losing his mind every time <laughs> I get a picture like that. I was like, that's so cool. And I'd show it to someone and they're like, it's a pile of wet towels. I'm like, you don't understand. You don't have vision. You don't see what's <laughs> happening here. It was so funny. Cause really it looked, it looked, it looked absurd for such a long time, <laughs> but obviously it came out so well. And then, oh my God. When I got the, everything was so, so down to the wire time-wise. And when I got the suit and I took the head of the creature out, he even painted these really intricate um, striated patterns inside the eyeball. Like he did so much detail work that it was just like, God, I can't believe this was a pile of wet towels three weeks ago. <laughs> like it just went, it came so far so fast. And Amazing. yeah, he's so good. And he pulled in his, his students to help. And this one guy, John Lepeshack, uh, did a ton of the work. And he also, we kind of pulled a little Guillermo del Toro trick out, which is we then went over and did a couple little passes with digital. Uh, to do things to make it look like a practical effects suit, but like a practical effects suit that costs 10 times more. <laughs> like just, you know what I mean? Like little things like uh, we make the eyelids move. You know, there's things like that that we do that, that I, uh, we, did, we did sneak that stuff in digitally, That's but just cool. tiny amounts. Yeah. But I love practical effects. We could have done the whole thing with practical effects. We would have, um, but as we were building it, it was like, ah, okay. I think it's awesome you know. that you, that you even attempted to do it because, um, I, to me, I feel like it's the much harder route to go is doing the practical effects. And, and I think with the film that you made, it just makes the most sense to do it that route, you know, to kind of pay homage to that time period. I, I hope so. <clears throat> when we were, trying to do some of the digital effect add-ons excuse me i apologize when we're trying to do the, the, the digital add-ons um the guys that i knew guys that were buddies of mine uh were immediately saying oh well we have to do this and green screen it and and in my head i was like well how would they have done it before that and it was like guys that i, I really you know guys that are my friends like not people that were giving me the runaround i could see that they were kind of stuck on this modern way of doing things yeah. and so the reason why yeah and, and so john the guy that did the digital stuff for us the reason he worked out so well is he was so young that he didn't know that it was supposed to be hard to do what he was doing <laughs> so you guys will get a kick out of this so he he worked on the suit and i had asked or, or race had mentioned to me he said you know 
you'd said that you wanted to do some digital effects. Let me know because I think that a couple of my students might want to take a crack at it. And, uh, you know, of course, I'd rather have someone that's excited about it work on it. But I wound up talking to a few studios. I talked to a few people that did stuff like this freelance. And in the course of time that they were telling me how difficult what I wanted was, like even the eyes closing, they said, okay, well, we've got to get the head. We've got to scan it. We've got to track it. We've got to do like, they're telling me all this. And in the amount of time that they were telling me how difficult it was, John had already finished it. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, totally. And, and I, they were telling me how expensive and complicated it was going to be. And this is not one person. This was three different people telling me this. And, uh, it was just a reminder of like when you don't know something is supposed to be hard, sometimes you just figure out, well, how do we do it? And I know that that's something race teaches the students. And it was really obvious here. Like it was just how, you know, not what, what are the, what are the grooves that everybody runs on, but here's the challenge. How would you do it? And, uh, hopefully it turned out well. We'll see if it's believable. Is it a believable <laughs> monster? We don't know. <laughs> Either way, I'm really excited for it. I think um, I I just can't like after watching the like trailer that you you released for it. I just I can't picture it being anything but just lovely and wonderful. Like I'm just so oh, and that's man. sincere. Thank it's you. not just because I'm talking to you. It's like when, <laughs> I have to clarify that because like I I'm not like that. I'm a pretty honest person, but like we were watching it and I got so excited. I was oh, I'm so, cool. so excited. Well, for it. it's it's nice too because we we've been we've always been fans of, you know, the older especially like Universal Monsters and you know, it's not something that you're getting today like uh for example like uh we had a friend who had worked on a, like a almost like a fan tribute for the old 90s tv show are you afraid of the dark and it felt like we were watching like a another episode you know and that's which i, I actually just saw this past you? year for the first time i'd never heard of it before you never heard of are you afraid of the dark no, I'm what? old. I'm old. I never heard of it. I yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, he, uh, he made a another like a fan tribute to it and it felt like we were watching another episode and that's kind of the vibes that I got when we watched this trailer. It's like it brought me back to like Universal 19. Monsters. I felt like I was watching a trailer from like the It brings me back to like what it reminds me of is like the 19 like 50s sci-fi movies. Yeah. Which I love. That's that was the goal. I mean, you guys <laughs> even got it down to like, you know, the text that comes across the yeah, screen. Yeah. I love it. Like like as soon as we watch it, it's like it like puts you in this time period where um you know, I I feel like it's easy to to have a concept of this but to actually portray it so, as well as you guys seem to have like, I can't say that you did because I haven't seen it <laughs> but like from what you from the clips that you have out it seems like you guys were really successful with what you're doing you know like you're bringing us back to that time it's not just like a concept it's there you know yeah well where I was going with it was like uh you know it's not something that you would see put out today you know um <laughs> yeah there's a reason for that yeah. I'm finding out <laughs> um <laughs> But no, I, I mean, like, it, it's something that, you know, it, it holds on, it holds strong, especially with nostalgia. But, you know, I, I couldn't picture, uh, like, for perfect example, um, they just remade The Mummy with Tom Cruise. And rather than going, you know, we're going to make this feel like The Mummy, the, the mummy it's not. they were like, we need to make it an action movie to sell it. 
and you do that to the mummy every time too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've definitely had people say to me, "Oh, you should have made a color." You know, or you should have done this or should have done this. And, and everyone's got like a list of what I could have done to make it more commercial. And it's yours. Yeah. And my, res- yeah, my response is, but then what's the point? Like, that's like, so I should basically have made it in color with like, like cats and naked girls in spandex or something. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what do you like? What, what is, what, you know, what are the most common YouTube searches or is something that like that? No, well, it it no, makes I it think... lose its, it makes it yeah. lose its connection, you know? And like, it's it, a special movie, I think. Yeah. And, and what you're making is art. So to not make art that's coming from how you're feeling and just make it like, Oh, well this is going to do well. That's not art to me. Well, I appreciate hearing that. Cause the, the creative response has been, really positive mm-hmm. um and then like it's it's very polarizing like i had uh i think it was gerard one of the guys that gave us a quote was uh it was it was uh morg from the venice beach freak show from the amc tv freak show mm-hmm. he called me he's like man that trailer was i don't i don't know if i can swear on your show oh, you can. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like man that was fucking amazing <laughs> and i laughed i was like I, I i take that as a compliment he's like you know he just was absolutely um bowling over it. and you probably saw you know that gerard way actually told me how much he loved it and uh Stephanie that's, that's super cool, Leonidas from Mirror Mask. Like, yes, yeah, so many people have have come out that are people I respect creatively. The guy that made the TV show Salem loved it. These guys watched the movie and absolutely lost their minds. And then the funny thing is that the Kickstarter is the slowest Kickstarter I've ever had. Really? In my life. Oh, my God. It's uh, People do not get it there's a guy that i know that does film finance and uh, i showed him the trailer and he looked at me like he's like god that looks outdated and i was like is that a compliment (laughs) (laughs) and he was it looked you know he was asking me like well why wouldn't you make something a little more exciting and i then then in that moment i realized there's a guy people either have one of two reactions like either they totally don't get it i had a bunch of uh movie marketing people look at this whole project and say, ah, you know, you really need a more exciting trailer. And no, I was I like, that's cool. as exciting as it gets. You don't understand. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> the shot of the guy looking at his mangled hand, I was like, that's as exciting. It's like, it's David Lynch. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not uh, the Transformers. Well, it's but nice it was- too because it doesn't give too much away, you know? It's something that we can go in and still, like, not know what to expect completely. But I think even yeah, that, though, it's, especially it, because it's such an artistic vision, like, don't, like, I, I'm glad that you, you did it the way that you wanted to do it, because I, like, it, it's going to be great, and I'm just... Well, hearing how much you loved it, honestly, makes a big difference, because it helps me remember that this isn't something that was made for everybody, Um and like, if you love the trailer, you're going to love the movie. Like, it's the same thing. And the only thing that we did that was really different from the old things that we're paying homage to is we definitely kept the storytelling a little bit more modern in terms of, um, what's the word? Like, um, you know, you can get a little more sophisticated with the twists and turns, I think, for an audience now yes. than you could have. I mean, like in the... You know, if you watch a movie from the 30s through the 50s, it's just like, 
there's like four plot points in an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And with this, it, it kind of, you know, there are some, some tricks in there. Uh, and the way it lays out in the Kickstarter is that you kind of do see what some of them are like, you know, you find out that there's a monster, you know, that the spaceship actually is a Nazi spaceship and things like that but there's a couple other secrets that we didn't give away i don't want to tell you more <laughs> yeah i'm glad I, I definitely want to go in being like i want to go in surprised well yeah. i wish th this was a big 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 challenge is that when we launched the kickstarter the reason that the trailer doesn't show more than a second of the monster and doesn't show that it's a nazi <clears throat> is because we didn't want to give any of that away like we really wanted people to, you know, have the big reveal moments. And then I was marketing this to the Western and the older like Universal Monsters and sci-fi community. And after a week we had like $3 in pledges. And I was just kind of thinking, gosh, cause we got everything under the table. The people that would really dig how weird and crazy this is, we just kind of got to lay it out. And so things like the spacesuit that Brom designed uh, you know, that was something I didn't really want to show mm -hmm. to someone before they saw it, just, you know, but then I realized, you know, so guys like you will know this, but then when you play it for your friends, they won't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. This is kind of like, you, you really have to let people in, uh, kind of behind the screen and say, okay, look, this is what's in the box, the toy chest and uh, yeah, I don't want to say anymore. I'm trying to. I, my spoiler alert. Button yeah. is like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll go back a little bit. Um, so, <laughs> so you guys have wrapped up filming. You're based. You're pretty much in like post production now, right? Yeah, yeah. We I, because I had never made a film before. I was really worried about the time frame. And when people would say, oh, how long do you think it'll take? My answer was, I, was, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, the editing took a long time. We really, it was kind of funny because the editor, my writing partner and I definitely made her nuts because she's like, I've never seen anybody edit frame by frame before. And it was just because kind of like a painting or something, like the way that things really... Um, I think also because Aaron and I, Aaron is just a guy I grew up with, that uh, we literally have the same brain when it comes to this, um, you know, the loves of monster stuff and horror and the action stuff that we love. And, and so I think that we've just been editing this in our head for so long before we got into the editing suite that we really, really had a, a super tight vision of what it was supposed to be. And so that's part of why I think the process took so long is because we, um, you know, we would do an edit and we'd sit with it and then send it back and forth. And uh, it was very friendly. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it ever got tense in the editing suite. It's just more, um, we'd never done this before and wanted to make sure that it was perfect. And so we would really sit with things and, and then, you know, working on the music and all of those developments and then, the effect stuff went pretty quickly, but um, things like uh, just really putting it all together and making sure that it made sense to people, because it does, 
you know, there's some some weird time travel <laughs> stuff in there. And, uh, you know, we showed it to some people and then they were like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then we started to change some things. And then we realized now, oh, you know what? Our first instinct actually was right on. So then we wound up somewhere that was kind of an 80 percent back to there. Um, so it's like, you know, but that's the other part is you show it to people and they have different ideas or opinions. And then you realize, uh, you know, there's a reason that we did something this way. And it is supposed to be, uh, you know, a, a desired result. Uh, and like I said, the end, the end for me is now that I'm showing it to people that are really intense creatives. Uh, and the response has been universally positive that's been the biggest reward like ah, oh, okay we didn't make any mistakes with that but it just took a long time to get to this point and it's also you know it's kind of expensive to do stuff that. like this yeah I have no clue when it comes down to like making a movie i have no at all like zero information on that in my brain <laughs> And well, just... I would always tell people. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Go for it. <laughs> I was just gonna say I would always tell people. Well, how, you know, if you own a camera, why can't you make a movie for a hundred dollars? Like in my head, I would I would say things yeah. like that. Like director friends of mine, like oh, I can't get enough money, and I was like, you know, actors, you know, you know, location people, whatever. But like one silly thing that you'll you'll never have guessed this. One of our most expensive line items was hotel rooms yeah i never would have guessed that never would have guessed it which is why you know the credit card company was calling me on set about how high i was going over maxing everything and when i say my credit card company i mean my friends that were letting me use their credit cards too. <laughs> <laughs> one friend of mine who luckily uh is a little more moneyed than i am uh, called me afterwards, semi upset, <laughs> oh, saying, uh, "You didn't tell me it was going to be that much." And I was like, "Wow, I'm surprised too." <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? That's how much it was? Yeah. A good friend, though. <laughs> oh no, he's absolutely one of my best friends, and uh, you know, it was it was very. I was just very lucky that he was able at that point in time to, you know, to carry some of the stuff. Because, you know, you get in motion and you think that you know what it's going to be. And then there are a lot of surprises. Yeah. And I understand now when people say the movie went over budget. And I would always, as a layperson, ask the question, well, how? Don't these guys know what they're doing? And it's like you just, <laughs> you know. You can't plan for everything. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just things that that, that uh, come up as a surprise. Now, did I... Uh... Oh, sh shit. Did you lose what you were going to say? No question. swearing, no swearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what it's I was going to say. Was there a... What would you say is was the most difficult part of filming? Like, was there something that you guys maybe disagreed on or, like, a, an obstacle that you came across, like, while actually in the process of making the film? Um, the filming, like you mean, like when the camera was out, you mean that part, that section of the whole thing? 
Yeah, just in general, like when, like in piece, making a movie. What yeah, was piecing that, what everything together. What was the together? most difficult part of making the movie in general? Oh, oh my god! What's well, actually? It's probably easier for me to answer the filming part, only just because if I start thinking about the whole. Okay, so do the filming part. <laughs> rest of it, I, I might have a panic attack. Oh, uh, no, don't do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was. I think when we were filming. I mean, the you know the real answer is that I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Okay. And so the part that was hard was absolutely every second of it. <laughs> and what happened is, no, so, I mean, it was really, I can't even imagine what, like a lot of the crew was telling me afterwards how much they were talking amongst themselves the first couple days, like feeling like they were like trapped on the island of Dr. Moreau or something. <laughs> because it was, you know, when we would set something up and do a shot and then we would move it and then we'd do another shot and then we'd move it back. And they were like, are you filming this whole thing in sequence? And my buddy Aaron, I got to throw him under the bus. That was his part. And he was like, yeah. And they're like, well, no, you don't do it like that. <laughs> you know, you do one thing, you do all the shots. And, uh, you know, I even asked the actors before we started filming, we were all standing around getting ready for day. And I said, so how do you guys normally start? Like, what do you normally do? And they're like, well, we go in and we block it out and you kind of see where we put the cameras. And I was like, that sounds great. Let's do that. And again, they all must have been looking at each other like, what an asshole. Like, this guy has no idea <laughs> what he was doing. It was so, when I think about it now, it really was, it must have been like a Saturday Night Live skit. It was just so bad. But uh, the two lead actors, I mean, everybody that was there pool like especially um one guy that came in we had a cancellation that like two days before filming someone wound up canceling uh this actor that we outstayed and came down with shingles or something bizarre like that and so we had an actor that got pulled in two days before filming and so guys like that were total troopers they were there as friends but the two leads in this um we're both good friends of mine. And so I did have people that were there because they wanted to hang out. They trusted what my taste was and we just kind of wanted to help us. So it made it pleasant. Yeah. I'm sure it made it, but it was definitely too, that you had, you know, that kind of like support as well as like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But there was a point halfway through the filming where I was, I remember sitting and thinking, we are not going to get everything we need to, and we are completely fucked. <laughs> like, I do remember thinking that. I do remember thinking that. And then I was just like, okay, so I need to uh, just use my, my business brain and just really take control of of everything and part of it is just you know again i didn't i'd never done it before so i, I didn't know how to you organize while doing it yeah i was learning while doing it. so there was like a halfway point where i was like okay now i understand how to manage this a little bit better and and then by the end of it i feel like if at that point you had dropped me back in the whole thing would have gone perfectly 
like I feel like at this point I do know how to handle it but it took that week of just really being dropped in the cauldron of of it but it really I mean really asking the actors on set so how do you guys usually start these things and them all looking at me like you are such a <laughs> it was really fun and funny and but uh but it was good there was you know well, it kind of it kind of leads me to my next question um since you had said you know if you were dropped back in it you'd have a better idea of how it would go uh, my next question was going to be uh do you have anything planned as far as you know another project or are you going to continue you, making movies could you do you, yeah could you see yourself doing this again yeah the 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 really tricky part of that question is that i'm it's very difficult for people that want to make things that are a little bit strange to figure out how to get the money to do it and so one of the things i'm kind of learning with this kickstarter is the idea that i had of you know could you go to kickstarter and raise the money to do another one and the answer is, is probably not. And then it comes back into the idea of, okay, if you take this to a place like Netflix or something, are they going to get behind it uh, the way you want to do it? And if not, you know, what are the compromises going to be? So one idea that we had is I really love the idea of doing uh, an anthology type series where this would be an example of an episode, but doing them in color. So it's a little more late fifties or early sixties. Um, and really covering some weird things in history that could have, uh, you know, I really love the idea of blending history with, with giving a little more, uh, validity to conspiracy theories. Mm hmm. Which is why in this one, you know, the Nazi spaceship stuff. And so that's that's one thing. And I, I prob I'm probably more of a fan personally of the space between Quentin Tarantino and Guillermo del Toro. So I don't think that I, I think the reason we made this thing <clears throat> so bizarre is like if you make the checklist of things that no one would ever think was a good idea. It's like, oh, Westerns, oh, black and white, oh, you know, um, Nazis, I don't know, just like everything <laughs> that you would just say is not a good idea to do. I feel like that was, this was the time. You're really challenging to, society with this one. Yeah. Well, when I was talking to Aaron and we were talking about, you know, should we do a black and white thing? Should we do color? We're laying that out. One thing we both looked at each other and said, well, look, if we're going to, if we're ever going to want to do a black and white movie. We have to do it when we were paying somebody on the planet that would ever write a check that wouldn't push for you to try to do color. It just never I feel like it does as well. It just I feel doesn't like the, the tone of the movie from what I've got from the trailer too, I feel like it it, it almost I I'm I'm glad you did it in black and white. I can't I, I, I think it adds it to the color. Yeah, I think it adds to the overall like what you guys were really aiming for, so Yeah, it I mean, I think, I think when, I mean, for me personally, when I look at color, I love like hammer horror. I love seventies stuff. I like the saturated color. And I think mm -hmm. that when you look at monster stuff in color, like the minute you introduce something like blood, 
I feel like it has to be a, its own character, kind of in a way. It has to be a different, um, like in in and this is now we're having a funny design conversation. Like red is the color that everybody's eyes go to. Mm-hmm. Like in Sonics, your ears hear higher frequencies louder than it does lower frequencies, and your eyes go to brighter colors. And on the color spectrum, red is the one that. Like if you have three buttons and one's green, one's blue, and one's red, everybody looks at red first. So if you're trying to make something that has like a noirish mood, like if you know if you're starting in black and white and then moving into color, um, like the minute you introduce red, it, it pulls up your adrenaline in a different way. And I feel like with this story, for the budget that we had. Um, it's kind of like, you know, having an acoustic guitar and then going to play at a concert arena. Like it just doesn't, it just wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Like, I love the way you put that. (laughs) Well, like, you know, like a rubber monster suit, you know, I mean, I love rubber monster suits, but it works because they're grainy black and white. And (laughs) I love that. Those all those fifties movies where the posters are more thought out than the movie. Like yeah. I love that stuff. I love like how that that balance between you know is it like there's some jokes in this movie. Like we know that it's there's a there's a tacky element to it, but it's like okay, so how do you play with that and have fun with it? And when we looked at it in color, the thing that was the most disconcerting was actually how good it looked. Because we questioned ourselves at a bunch of points. God, should we make this color? Because it looked so good. The creature looked so good. The spacesuit, like, with all of the brown and the stone and the decay. And then this guy walks in with this leather and latex Nazi spacesuit. And you're like, oh, it looks so good. (laughs) But we were like, but that's not, you know, like, we can't get... uh, you know, it's like it's not it's that's not what the thrill is supposed to be. We're like, no, it was supposed to be this kind of art project. And, you know, we'll stick to that. That had to have been a hard decision to make. Like, I feel like you can't you nobody could leave decisions like that up to me. I'd be like, it's too stressed. <laughs> well, it was, you know, the way it was, uh, it was almost too easy in the sense that we made it lots and lots of times in every direction. It was uh Let's do black and white. Okay, let's do color. Okay, let's do black and white. Okay, let's do color. Okay, we need to make this a little more difficult. What are the roadblocks? And then it was just like, you know, why why did you want to make it black and white? And and things like the trailer. Like the trailer was a ton of fun to do. I'd never made a trailer before. Uh, I, I I looked everywhere for software to do those kind of uh, effects to make it look like. You know, I I love, I sometimes will watch just the old trailers as much as I will the movies. And there wasn't anything to do it. So all of those are completely cut apart pieces. Like there's like 17 layers in the trailer of each of those pieces of video. I did it all manually. And I'm sure someone with an editing background would look at this and just laugh and be like, well, yeah, you could have just done this. And I was like, ah, no, it works. It I'm, like, I mean, like I'm remedial. Said, <laughs> like we said before, like it, it, you definitely accomplished getting that like old, like 
that the older feel to it. And I think even if there was easier ways to do it, I think that the amount of work that you put in it probably makes it that much more special for you. Um, yeah, I hope so. I'm, I'm <laughs> a little shell-shocked right now. That's, seriously, that's why when you say how much you guys loved it, it really does help because I'm so immersed in it. And I'm, I've been feeling a lot recently like, you know, something, I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever read about the way that people like with cell phones and with Facebook scrolling, the way that the programmers keep trying to move further down the cortex. So that's why when you look at clickbait ads, they'll have uh, pieces of fruit, but they're arranged in a way so they look like genitals. You know, like they're <laughs> constantly, no, serious, it's totally serious. That they're, I mean, yes, it's funny, but it's, they're really doing it. You'll notice this now. And what they're doing is they're trying to, okay, your higher brain, which is where you would maybe walk down the street and you'd look in a shop window. And in the course of you walking past, you would have to take 30 seconds to consider what you were looking at. It's why like book dealers or, you know, different clothing stores would, would do tasteful window arrangements. Well, the way that people absorb information now is that the further down into the lizard brain that you can get, it's like cutting off a pipe. So the stuff that takes time for your brain to absorb doesn't get fed because everybody's trying to figure out, okay, now we got it down to, we got your attention in two seconds. How do we get it down to one? Now, how do we get it down to a half? Now, how do you get it down to a millisecond? And the way they're doing that is bright colors and animal stimulation, which is usually sexual. And this, you'll see this all over now. And the thing that's really hard is so on things like Kickstarter, um, things like Facebook and the feed, like we're not getting traffic with a black and white picture. Like that's a tin type photo on an 1860s camera of a monster. Like that's not what triggers people's, you know, cortex. And so that's, that's a big, uh, thing that I'm wrestling with now is like, you know, you want to make things, everyone says we want things that are really different, but the structure of the internet, cell phones, all of this stuff is not, um, helping anyone get that. And I'm very aware right now of how much the, the way that we absorb information is completely stacked against anything that's more sensitive. So there you go. Slash your wrists. There's your, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no hope for your future. And have you guys seen the movie Idiocracy? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, who knew, you know what I mean? Like who knew <laughs> that that was going to be so accurate? Right. Oh my God. It really is though. It really is. That's so. I feel like we had but a so conversation that... like last year about Idiocracy. I, I bring it up all the time. I'm like, this is it's the gift what we're that keeps to. on giving. Yeah. yeah, it's painful, but it's true. But that's yes. If you guys haven't read about that, definitely look it up. There's a lot of these guys that worked on, uh, like the guy who invented the like button on Facebook, stuff like that. They're Isn't using that weird to say somebody uh, invented the like button. <laughs> yeah, they did, but because they they were figuring out how to trigger the way people sit at slot machines. Uh, 
and things like push notifications, like all of that is meant to trigger the animal part of your brain that's that Pavlovian response to getting uh, a trigger pulled. And so everybody's getting wired to that. And then the triggers are getting so fast that now it's just like a vibrating guitar string where it's just so fast all the time. Like, that's why nobody reads articles. That's why people put everything in the headlines. Like, it's... Yeah. It's a... Sad. It's a questionable time. Yeah, it is. And the yeah, is. <laughs> part is, is like... I'm guilty of it. Like, yeah. I, I know for a fact. I'm absolutely. like, oh, Facebook. Yeah, sure. Okay. We all absolutely. <laughs> and it's horrible. Not- and there's like days where I'm like, oh, man, I need to get off Facebook. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of my problem. It's, 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 bad. it's uh, it is stacked against your success. <laughs> that it makes you feel any better. Like you really, if you, I mean, I, I've had periods where I, <laughs> But even even just just getting off for like saying I'm just for a week, I'm not going to go on, you know, or things like balancing it with nature and saying, like, I'm going to make sure that I, uh, you know, whatever, spend an hour outside every night or stuff like that. Like, those are the things a lot of these guys that have developed these list what their personal tricks are. Like one guy uh, keeps his screen black and white because then you don't get the color triggers the red triggers and stuff like that Interesting. i don't want to get you know you you know, absolutely you won't sleep tonight if i <laughs> sorry, but it's but it's really for my tech, technology yeah. addiction <laughs> all right Tom, but Tom, how, how can people find more about about the uh the film and where can they check out your kickstarter page we're we're going to link it in our description but um where can people follow you so that they can keep up to date with what you're working on uh, aurorafilm.info is the hub that we're using so that when the Kickstarter's over, uh, people can still find all the updates. So we're putting things there like uh, interviews with cast members and some behind-the-scenes stuff and things like that. And there's a link right on the page to get to the Kickstarter. Okay. Well, we'll be sure to link all of that. That's technology. <laughs> yep. Put, put a red button. Yeah, and, put a red uh, button. <laughs> we'll make sure I strategically place picture of fruit in <laughs> <laughs> a questionable positioning. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Tom. We really had a thank you guys so so much. We're really, I really sincerely appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. We're really looking forward to uh, seeing more, and uh, we'd love to have you back on maybe after the project's complete. And we I can... was just going to say, I can't wait to hear what you guys think after you see it. Yeah. I can as soon as, as I'm not even kidding. As soon as it comes out and we watch it. We will, like, immediately message you. <laughs> I want to see uh, a video of you watching the movie. Okay. We can make That's that what happen. I want to watch. We, we, we'll we, will, we will start a YouTube channel oh. so that we can do our first video on your movie. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you. This is really wonderful. I appreciate you guys. Thank you we so much. I talking with you. <laughs> All right. I'll keep you posted on the movie. Thank you. All right. All right. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Bye. You too.